Hey everybody, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 30, John and Wendy talk to Ben Eubanks. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. Wendy, how have you been? I've been very well. It's uh, coming on the end of summer here. Got to start doing some back-to-school shopping. Uh, how about you? I had a I had a child take senior pictures today. And Oof. Yeah, and my wife's getting ready to get her classroom back together and yeah. fun stuff. But we wanted to bring back a, a recent segment that we were super excited about and got a lot of great feedback about. Yeah. We have a couple more HR superheroes that we wanted to talk briefly yes, about we before we introduce our guests. So, Wendy, do you want to talk a little bit about those folks? Sure. Uh, so recently we've had a couple of our uh, our good friends uh, get some new opportunities with sharing information with young professionals. Shout out to Claire Petrie and um, and Amanda Bruns. <laughs> so, um, but shout out to them for all of the great work they're doing on helping young professionals in HR grow in their career, uh, become better. Um, and putting out information for specifically for them through SHRM. Claire uh, recently announced uh, some work that she's doing there, and I know that Amanda's been working on um, a blog with young professionals, and I believe she's partnering with Lauren on that? Yes, with Lorena. Yes, yep. Lorena, yep. thank yep. you. Oh, my God, I'm butchering names yeah. tonight. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm Obviously, SHRM's got a lot of different focus areas, and it's nice to see that the young professionals we know that uh, have both been part of the show, and Lorena hopefully yeah. will be on very, very soon as well, but both have an opportunity to communicate to those other young professionals about things that they have done to be successful. I think we're both big fans of Claire and mm -hmm. Amanda both, yes. and so just wanted to give them a, a superhero shout-out and con yeah. congratulate them and wish them all the best as they continue to develop those uh, young professional uh, blogging skills. So. Definitely, because there's there's a lot of great stuff, and I, I love the focus that Sherman is taking with the young professionals to help grow them. Agreed. Well, we're not going to go any longer without introducing our guest, and I, <laughs> I have to open before the bio. Yes. I have to explain, uh, for those of you listening that, that don't know, Ben Eubanks is the first and only person that I know of that I had never spoken to but woke up and was sharing a room with at Sherm 18. <laughs> we talked online. We, we were both looking for a, a roommate, and it worked out great. I basically said, hey, I'm an old man that doesn't stay out late. He said, I'm a young guy with a bunch of kids, and this is one of the times I get away from home. We're both very quiet. Hopefully he will say I was fairly peaceful too, but uh, I was working uh, early Monday morning, and he woke up, and I looked at him and said, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. And that's how I wanted to open this podcast because I'm sure people are going <laughs> to laugh and scratch their heads and go, what in the world is that all about? Wendy, I'll let you make the formal introduction, and we will get going, <laughs> if you can top that. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm like, John, you just need to do tell your story, and that's the introduction to, to Ben. That's good um, enough. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Come on now. What else can we do? I mean, Ben, ben is a, a speaker, a blogger, and uh, all-around HR expert, which is why we're chatting with him here tonight. So I'm just going to welcome you, Ben, because I cannot top that with anything that you would have shared with me and ask you our first question, which is, what is in your glass? Wendy, I'm going to talk through you tonight and not speak to the other guy. I'll just talk to you. <laughs> 
I'll t- ask you if I want to talk to him now. Um, the thing in my glass is high quality H2O. I'm actually on the verge of doing another caffeine kick and trying to get rid of it, get off of it again. Now that our, I can't say that our baby's waking up anymore at night. And so I'm trying to get off of the dew and all the other caffeine stuff. And so I'm just going straight water. Sounds good. Nothing good. wrong with that. Uh, replenish. <laughs> so, so Ben, you know, as I said, uh, roommate, it was a, a <laughs> tremendous opportunity to, to meet you, and we talked quite a bit. We didn't really talk, though, about you know, kind of how you got started in this business. So I always ask, how did you get started in HR, and then how did you particularly get into this focus with the technology and analytics component that you are in now? So I'm gonna, I've got to tell you, and I'll, I hate when people do this in like an interview, but I'm gonna start like way back and not tell you the whole story. But I'm gonna, this whole start, this all started when I was a kid. I okay. wanted to be an HR when I was a kid. Okay. Number one, the funny, the funny answer is I was the older middle child. So I had none of the position authority, but I had to get a lot of things done. And so there was a lot of influencing and trying to negotiate between all the parties. That's the funny answer. The real answer is my parents owned a small business. And so I always saw the trouble they had with hiring people and trying to pay them and trying to give them good benefits and like all those like just core things that you deal with as a small business owner. And as I kind of got a little bit older, I thought, you know, that's a, they've always had that problem for as long as I can remember. So when I, get to school, I'm going to go for something like management and try to try to figure out how to solve those problems of hiring people and training them and everything else. And I got to, got to college and one of my professors said, hey, I want, to write, I want you to write this paper on this thing called human resources. I'm like, ugh, that sounds terribly boring. <laughs> and so I started looking into it. I'm like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I've always wanted to do. And so I changed my major right then and pursued HR. So from the very first moment, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Wow. That's impressive. Yes. Top that, John. <laughs> oh, no, I'm one of those people that kind of landed in it, you know, but but, but how, I guess then. So once you got in, how did you get to the kind of the space that you're in now? OK, what was sorry, the interest? I, I was no, all no, excited no. about telling that story. Um, so <laughs> I did. I got into HR doing the grunt work like, like everybody else. Right. I filed a. 50 bazillion things and, you know, kept working my way up. And I mean, there was the company I worked for. There was so much turnover that I was often doing someone's new hire paperwork and the next day doing their term stuff. So it was just like a constant churn. It was just a it was a crazy place to be and um, moved on from there. I'll we'll talk about kind of networking a little bit, but I made some made some connections through the local HR chapter and someone else said, hey, you should apply for this other job. And so I moved up into another role and eventually was leading HR for a small company, a startup company. And had the opportunity all along. I was doing this blogging stuff on the side and everything else. And one of my friends who I had met online, um, I didn't share a room with them. Uh, it's the first <laughs> opportunity to meet them. But we actually planned a conference together without, without ever having met each other before. And um, so we, we, she had taken a job at an analyst firm and said, hey, you know, I, I know you like speaking. I know you like writing. I'm doing that now. It's a full-time job. Would you be interested in that? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I love HR. I love having this impact on the people that are kind of under my span of control. I love the work that I do, but I also enjoy this other stuff. I just don't know if I'd like to do that all the time. You know, would I, if I, would I wake up every morning thinking, oh, great, I've got to write today, you know, instead of being excited about it. And so I said, I'll give it a try. You know, I'm, I'm young enough to make a change and go back if I don't like it. And I ended up loving it because I had the opportunity not just to impact the people kind of under my under my roof, but under thousands of roofs, you know, I got to work with, consult with, and advise these huge companies, brand names around the world. It was so much fun, and I really gravitated towards the technology piece because what I found was I love the high-touch 
aspect of the, the work that I did in HR. I saw that as the companies got bigger, they got farther and farther away from that. But there are some tools, especially some of the newer AI type stuff that can enable companies to really scale that high touch HR across the population. And that's what really excites me is making making the work a little more human, hopefully, and getting the human back into human resources. And so, again, long answer, but that's kind of how I got to, to where I am today, focused on that piece. That's very cool. Just being able to to watch that that progression that you did there. Mm. I, that's I love it. So what trends are you now seeing when it comes to the organizations that you consult? Is there anything that you're like super excited about? The AI stuff is really big, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the, one of the things I'm, I'm super pumped about is um, like the idea of talent mobility and career mobility. There's a lot of things around that. We could spend you know two or three hours just digging into that piece of it because it's I really find it fascinating. Uh, but a lot of the research says that training and growing and developing people internally is better for the business, is better for the person, is better for everything than it is to just kind of turn them over and hire someone from outside. You know, some of Wharton's research says that if I hire an external person to come in and replace John because he's slacking on the job, that person's going to cost me about 20% more and they're going to perform worse for two years on the job on average. And so like there's so much evidence pointing towards companies that are that do a better job of marketing opportunities internally and recruiting their own people and things like that. And that stuff really excites me because there are some cool case studies and stories and there's a lot of research there. And um, as an example, I, I talked to a, a financial institution a couple weeks ago. They have 40,000 employees, I think, something like that. And um, he said, I need, we need help with this. I said, well, tell me, you know, how many of your employee population, how many people would you put a number on it? Do you know what the skills are that they have at a granular level beyond their job title? And he's like, maybe 15%. Like, that's a, <laughs> like, wow. So 85% of your employees, other than a job title, you have no clue what they can do. You didn't know that, that you know, John's a huge comic book nerd, or you don't know that Wendy, you know, has this kind of special background. Couldn't think of anything special off, off the bat, Wendy, sorry. <laughs> but you can't think of anything really special about these people, you know, and you don't know anything about their backgrounds. You can't offer them an opportunity beyond what they're doing today and stuff. So anyway, that's, that's one of the things. There's so many, but that's one of the things that really excites me is the – the fact that companies are getting a little smarter about let's keep people by building a career path and helping them see this vision for what they can be. Because I would say if you can't help that person envision a future with your company, they'll envision a future somewhere else. So it's it's a I don't know, it's an interesting trend for sure. Yeah. Well, you kind of proved your uh, own point there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's almost like everything old is new again because we talk, you know, we talk about loyalty and, and or, you know, engagement. And you think yes. about, you know, companies, I don't know about you, you know, my parents were both career teachers. It's a little different, but, you know, many of the people that I grew up with, their parents worked at the same places for 40 years. And, yes. and they, they certainly didn't come in knowing the, the senior level things, right? They brought them in. They obviously had some type of skill or ability that then they could groom and coach and ramp up. And isn't it interesting that we... We seem like we're right back saying, hey, yeah, home grow, you know, get get talented yeah. people in, keep them engaged, keep them educated and informed and make them better at what they do. And they'll they'll stay. What a what a concept. Oh, what a yeah. novel concept. <laughs> what a concept. What a, you should you should market that trademark that idea or copyright <laughs> or whatever the heck. Goodness. Put a, put a label on it and sell that one, John. There you go. Well, you, you mentioned AI, and we had a chance to talk a little bit about it in Chicago, but uh, we know you have a book coming out 
soon. I don't know. I can't remember exactly when, but a book about an artificial intelligence and the implications for us as HR practitioners. And I don't want you to give the entire book away in, in a minute or two or five, but <laughs> what, I guess, what would you tell folks that are potential readers? What kind of major takeaways or concepts did you find that they're going to discover in that book? So the thing that they're going to discover, I hope, when someone reads the book, I hope they get some hope. I've used that word a couple of times. Mm. My, my hope is that they get this, some hope because if you read the headlines, you listen to the news, we're all going to be out of jobs really quickly. I better find something <laughs> else to do. I, you know, get my, get my shovel out, start digging some ditches or something because all of our jobs are going to be automated and we'll all be out of work. In reality, that's not the case. Those are, we don't know for sure what's going to happen, and even if th some jobs do go away, others will be created. There's no way of just knowing that off the top of our heads. And so one of the things I, I actually wrapped the book up with this focus on kind of the core human skills that we need to develop in ourselves if we want to remain relevant and valuable as HR leaders and also develop in our workforce. So if, if you want to help future-proof yourself and your people a little bit, focusing on those kind of core skills as a way to, to do that. Um, one of the other things, again, I mentioned a minute ago, really being able to scale up some of the things that we do. I'm actually – I just got like the thumbs up. I'm going to be doing a debate-style um, panel in the spring at the Talent Acquisition Technology Trends Conference about whether technology makes work more or less human. And I'm going to focus on some of the AI stuff, and I'm like, I, I think that – I'm a very much an optimist. Spend two minutes with me, and you'll figure that one out. I think that it makes work more human. I really do if we do it – approach it the right way. Obviously, there's, there's stories every day. Again, there, there's a piece in The Guardian last week about all these job seekers saying, I never got to talk to anybody, and they rejected me for a job, and I'm, I've applied, and it's a black hole. That is a reality. Right? There are more candidates than there are jobs available in – Sorry, that's not fair. There are more jobs right now, actually, <laughs> today. Than there are unemployed, let's say that, because candidates, there, there are always more candidates. The stat from a couple of years ago was like 200 resumes per job opening, though, from Glassdoor. And so there's, a, there's, so, much, there's so much noise in there, it's hard to sort through and find the right people. And I don't know about you, but I, I always have a, have a good laugh at some of the people that come through the, that apply. You're like, I think you applied to the wrong job, probably. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't think that I'm we're the we're not the droids you're looking for. Um, <laughs> I had slipped out in there for John. Um, there's so much noise there; it's a challenge, and the job seekers will always be a little frustrated. But this, one of the stories I come back to there's a so if I have time, I'll tell you two quick ones. Quick ones. So one of the companies I talked to, they have a bot, a chat bot. So if you go and apply for a job, instead of just shoving your resume in their database, you actually interact with a bot, and you know it's a bot. It doesn't say that it's John and it's acting like John. It says, hey, I'm a bot. I'm here to help you out with this application process. And at the end of the process, 75% of the people that had gone through that tell the bot thank you. They say thank wow. you. It's, they know it's not a person. It's a machine. It's a computer. I haven't told my computer thank you all week long and you know, <laughs> that because they feel cared for. They feel like they've paid attention to, and they, they appreciate that. So it's really, really exciting. If you have fun, time for a, one more cool, quick story about human versus machine, it's kind of a cool one. It gives me, gives me a really good example for, for how this works out. You want to hear it? Absolutely, Ben. we like, got all the time in the world for you. Yeah. I've like, I've like I mean, laid, if not, I can laid edit. Out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've laid debate out there. You can't say no now. I know it. Right, so, exactly. There's an event called SourceCon. It's where the best sourcers and recruiters come together and share their ideas, best practices, strategies, tips, tricks for finding the candidates that no one else can find. 
Okay, even today when when we have this really strange market where unemployment rate is so low, they're trying to dig up those candidates that nobody else can find. And so last year they did this thing called the Grandmaster Challenge where they pitted a bunch of people against an algorithm to see who could recruit and source better. And the way it worked is you had 5,000 resumes and you had three job descriptions and you had to figure out of those 5,000 actual resumes, which of those people were interviewed and hired for their actual jobs because these were real jobs that someone that a company had filled in the past. And so you had to look at that and scan it and drum roll. The humans won. A man named Randy Bailey actually was able to pick all three of those people that were interviewed and hired out of 5,000 resumes, which is pretty impressive. I'm wow. like, I, I applaud him. And when I talked to Randy, he said it took him between 30 to 40 hours, probably conservatively, to get to get his calculations all figured out and figure out which ones are the right ones. This is for a volunteer competition that just gets you like bragging rights and me talking about you forever. Um, right. he, doesn't, he doesn't win anything else, no prize, nothing else. So Randy won. A pair of people came in second place. They tied for second with a couple correct guesses, but not all correct. The algorithm came in third, and everyone else came after that. But again, remember, it took Randy almost 40 hours to get his guesses in there. The algorithm came in third place, and it took less than four seconds for it to figure out its answers to the competition. Wow. So the answer to this whole thing is, is it humans or is it AI? You know, Who's, who's going to win in this thing? The answer should be not either or, but and, right? Right. If, if he had had that tool at his disposal to make that first cut – he could have spent maybe five hours and got the same answers that it took him 40 hours to get to. And that's what I'm hoping for from, uh, from a recruiting perspective, from an HR perspective, that we can get better and smarter and faster using the tools so that we can take some of the grunt work out. We've, Lord knows we've got plenty of that, and we can focus on those things that really do matter to the business, the things that when they think HR, they're thinking of those things that we can do for them, not just handling the crazy employee, but really enabling the business to perform better, right? Going back to the, the career progression conversation a minute ago. How are you going to focus on that when you're just focusing on getting people to work sober, trying to find the right candidate, things like, <laughs> things like that, you know, dealing with other bad behaviors like some of us have dealt with? So anyway, that's a that's an example I love to share because it, it sticks in your mind as a – it's not either or. It's really and. Right? There's a good way to mix those two things together that we bring, the things that Wendy brings to the table, things that John brings to the table as a great leader in the business, as an HR professional, that a, a, a computer simply can't replicate. And the computers, it's a tool, and that's why I don't understand why people are so afraid of it because there's the jobs will change, yes, but yes. why not allow us to do our jobs faster if we're doing the right process, one. If we can do the right thing faster, then amazing. You know, If we can cut that time out of the time to recruit and get those good candidates in the minute that they apply you know, and not make them wait, Three weeks, four weeks, two months. Am I at with one candidate? Eesh. <laughs> I might actually. I might call this one a win because we were waiting on a position to be approved. So if I can keep somebody on the hook that long, maybe that's a win. Um, you take them where you can get them, Wendy. Take them where you can get them. Is, you know. <laughs> so, Ben, along with everything else that you do, you also do a podcast and run a conference. And recently took up uh, Disrupt HR as well, which honestly, my goal for next year, I, I, I told Christina, you know, 2019 goals, maybe I can get down there for Disrupt in uh, Alabama because never been to Alabama. It's on my list. Mm. But how do you find the time and anything else with all this extra time that you have just laying around? <laughs> anything else in the works? So how do I find the time? The thing that I tell my kids, because Again, I work from home, so it's a different kind of situation mm -hmm. than, than some people deal with. But the thing I tell my kids is I love what I do. 
And I had to explain to them, like, some people don't enjoy that, what they do. And they're like, why? I'm like, they just they, – they do a job they don't like. <laughs> you know, someone pays them enough money to just kind of suck it up. And I said, but I really love what I do. And when you love what you do, it's easier to, to find ways to work it out. I've always been an early bird. So, you know, five in the morning, I'm sitting at the computer or writing something and – Goodness, that's the only thing that got me through the book, uh, through that process. <laughs> Should have been a 4.30 in the morning kind of start for every day. But um, I love getting up early and doing that stuff. That's one of the things. Um, the podcast, you guys know as well as I do. I, well, I don't put words in your mouth. Is the podcast one of the most fun things that you get to do in your professional oh, career? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. I, I love it. It Absolutely. is such a joy. It is such a joy to be able to talk to people and kind of pull their stories out and to, again, share that with someone else that's going to find it valuable and get them, give them a little bit of a boost, hopefully, in their day. Um when they're dealing with, with everything else. Um, beyond that, I'm the president of my local HR chapter. So this year, serving my sentence, I mean, serving my uh, <laughs> my term and um, working through that, it's been, that has been so much fun too because I one of the things that I kind of pulled into my realm of responsibility is programming for each event for the year. And so I get a, to have a little bit of an influence on the development of all the people in our local community. So, and I think, okay, you probably need to know this, and we haven't had good programming on this ever or in a long time. And so I'm going to make sure that we bring this programming in so that you can really hone this skill or learn this thing and, and really get better at being an HR leader. Um, it's not, I love, love some good attorney stuff, but it's not, you know, 12 months of don't do this, don't do that. <laughs> eventually, I mean, you can spend all day telling people don't do this and never give them something to actually aspire to, right? We right. just set that bar as low as possible. Just don't do this, yeah. this thing about stuff happens. Yeah. So, um, and again, beyond that, four kids, which is – that's probably wow. what's taught me to be very produ- very productive with the time that I have <laughs> <laughs> because get the get your work done or someone's going to burn the house down. And then sure. I love to run, which actually is the thing that probably keeps me sane. It's one of those things I squeeze in whenever I can, and I just love it. Well, Ben, now it is time for what I am sure is your favorite part of our show <laughs> and is everyone else's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. So we're excited to start this with you. So our first question, do you remember how you first connected with us, aside from meeting John in the hotel room? John and I promised never to reveal that publicly, and then here we are. (laughs) So months and months ago, I don't remember when it was exactly, I was actually running a Twitter chat for a customer of mine, and Christina said, hey, you should probably ask John. No, actually, I don't think she said that. She, She just tagged John. It's like, John way in you know put your put your thoughts in here because he was on he was active at the time on twitter and so he he commented a little bit on performance management practices things like that and that was the first pure interaction that he and i had ever had and it it wasn't long after that i started listening to the show and everything else um and then wendy i called you one day a couple yeah. months ago before sherm because i said hey i want to i've heard about you people say nice things they can't possibly be true we've got to actually right. talk on the phone so i can it's like really verify not. this and that's how it all worked out <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. We we should point out for listeners that Christina's Christina Minyard. Yes, we're talking like we're talking like everybody knows Christina Minyard. Uh, you guys have had her on the show though, so everybody yeah. indeed everybody should know she is the yes. Christina Minyard. There you go. Yeah, she is the Christina. I mean, who else could you be talking about? Of course. Ben, you you mentioned early on kind of how you made the transition in your career, progressed along and mentioned networking, but talk to us a little bit more about networking and how it's worked in your career and what's been a really effective way for you to network. So you, it doesn't come across here at all. I'm quite certain because I do a lot of speaking, but I am incredibly shy. If there, if I walk into a room and I don't know people, I will stand in the corner or I will leave. 
and I don't don't hang around. I just leave. Um, so I always try to make sure there's somebody there when I go. Uh, so I'm super shy, but I had to learn really early on that I've got to talk to people. I've got to network with them. I've got to connect with them if I'm going to get anywhere. And so I started building those connections very early, and the way I did that was completely – I thought it was genius at the time. I actually volunteered to serve on my local board uh, for the North Alabama Sherm chapter, and I thought, that way I don't have to go talk to people. They'll come talk to me if they need something. <laughs> and so that's how I started out, kind of just being known locally, um, and then eventually started kind of speaking and sharing. Um, a woman named Kathy, right now I'm completely blanking on her last name, she said, hey, I think you have a really cool story, and actually talking a lot at networking. She's like, I want you to come and speak to our local chapter. I'm like, Haha, no, I don't think so. And um, <laughs> two months later, I was standing up there talking about the power of networking, the power of social media and everything else, and that was 2009, 2010, I think, and um, just sharing kind of about the value that you can get from that as an HR leader. Networking's played a huge role. The last couple of jobs that I've received were not because I applied somewhere, but because they, they found me through the social presence and everything else and or had heard good things from people that knew me. And so there's so many different things that I can point back to that have come from connecting on social and everything else. And it's funny that we're still talking about this, like it's a thing, you know, that people maybe are debating or they're not sure about it, but there are still people that I talk to. They're like, yeah, you know, that that's just really not for me. I'm like, okay, you know, I hope you like where you are. I hope you like the circle of friends you have because it will never really drastically change that. <laughs> yeah. I think about if I was working in higher education, Wendy and I would talk once a week about strategy and ideas and things that we were working through and can you believe this employee did this or oh my goodness to let that if I was working in John, you're not in construction specifically, or utilities, something like that. You know, I can't remember the bucket that you fall into, but I would yeah. call you all the time. We'd have conversations about that, and people don't think about that. They think, oh, I, you know, I know enough people, I'm like, but you don't know the right people, maybe, or you don't know those people that are doing your same stuff somewhere else. If I said, hey, you can talk to an HR executive on the phone or listen into them whenever you wanted to, most people were like, yeah, you know, I don't have time for that or whatever else. And like, you could, it, I don't know, I don't know. I just, I get all. <laughs> crazy about it because I've, I've talked about it for years, and eventually there was a point where I got so tired of trying to convert people that were resistant to it. I said, that's okay. Eventually, your business will just not be as good as theirs because they're going to be smarter, they're going to be better, they're going to be faster. You know, if you look at the world as a competition, they're going to get a bigger piece of the pie because you are just kind of sitting back while they are chomping away because they're taking advantage of this resource. So if you don't want to, that's your choice, but be ready for the consequences. So who do you follow for HR Insight? So one, the first thing that I thought of when I thought of the question was that I was going to be contrarian and say <laughs> I have to be careful not to just follow HR Insights. I think sure. right, we're business people that work in HR, and so making sure you understand what's going on elsewhere will make you a better business leader, better HR leader as well. So thinking about things, I, I look for good sources of research. You know, whether it's H HBR or something like that, I love those things. If we're looking just at that HR slice, though, if I'm going to bow to the pressure, there are two of the, two of the sites that I've read everything that they've written for the last seven years. One of them is Mike Haberman. He writes about compliance, and I hate compliance, and he writes about it all the time. And if, if he didn't, I would know nothing about the latest <laughs> legal stuff and everything else, cases, case law and everything else. And he's just really good at doing it. He's not an attorney, which I like because he doesn't approach it from that perspective. He's like, hey, you're still a business leader. you still got to get work done. So I'm not going to just say, you know, throw your hands up and say good luck with that or call me in for a you know, $300 an hour at consult. It's He gets really good insight and advice. And I love uh, Mike's stuff. The other person is Steve Bowes. He writes Steve's 
it's like Steve's HR Tech blog or something like that. It's something very plain. But he started he started podcasting in HR. He started writing about HR stuff years and years ago when he was a professor and he was just sharing the stuff with his students like you need to be aware of this thing. You need to be aware of that thing. And it has morphed over time because his career has changed. But he writes about things that make me stop and think. And about half the things that I read I go back and read again because I didn't absorb it the first time because he writes mm-hmm. a it's a it's an interesting trend or something else and so I would highly recommend both of those. Awesome, good choices. Ben, you you do a lot of giving back. What are your favorite things as far as giving back to the HR community? I think I tapped on that one a little bit earlier, right? Yeah. I love yeah. the programming. I love the programming stuff. You know, planning this disrupt event has been really interesting because. The speakers that we have, only maybe three of them would be actual speakers at quote-unquote normal HR events. You know, I'm wearing my tie, normal HR event. This is a different <laughs> kind of thing, though, and so I love being able to pull in speakers from other areas and bring people in that are going to tell a different kind of story. And that's been so much fun to kind of pull that together with Christina. She's my co-organizer. Um, really, really pumped, and that, that's actually happening a week from Thursday, and so I'll be uh-huh. whew, the big sigh of relief on Friday morning um, yeah. to get you here across the United States. That'll be from me, <laughs> um, ready to catch my breath a little bit. But again, I've volunteered for a local chapter in all these different roles. The president role is tough because it demands more time, but it's also the place where you can have the most impact. And so it's been a really interesting challenge and opportunity and privilege to serve this year, um, all joking aside, to help out and to help grow the 400-plus members that we have in our local area and all the non-members that are kind of scattered throughout. It's so much fun to be able to work with them and help them. Um, and then actually when I started out writing back in 2009, when I started the blog, and I thought, Upstart oh, HR sounds like a really cool idea for a title, and it sounds kind of strange all these years later. wish I'd picked something more evergreen, but uh, <laughs> the reason I started writing is I said, I'm getting started in HR. I want to be able to share these insights and ideas with people, and I couldn't find any good sources that were – you know, going back to the thing you were talking about at the very beginning before you introduced me. Thank you, John, for that introduction again, by the way. Before you introduced me, you are talking about the YP writing and sharing resources with that community, and that's why I started writing all those years ago. And so if you go back, a lot of the stuff is about – you know, here's why your degree probably isn't going to get you where you thought it was, or uh, <laughs> you know, here's here's how to look for entry level job, or here's the kind of things I did research actually back then into what employers wanted from an entry level HR candidate, and you know how they rated them, how they ranked them, the things that they said were most important for someone applying for a job. And so I try to share that stuff out because you can go anywhere and find some good stuff if you're looking for executive level or strategic level or even specific talent practices. But if you're below a couple years of experience, at that time, there was nothing at all for you. And so I wanted to share and, and support that group. I don't know that you guys had anybody talk about certification on here like ever, but that's another bubble that I really am interested in and have been supporting for a long time because when I was getting certified, I knew nothing. I was just – this is back when you could get <laughs> – this is back when you could take it as a recent graduate. You had a kind of a, an exemption for a year to be able to take it uh, without having to have the years of experience. And so I took my PHR, and I had I wasn't working in HR yet. And I was like, hopefully this will help me get a job. Um, <laughs> but I, everybody that I could find searching the local um, HR websites or local websites for different contacts for careers and stuff like that that had a PHR or an SPR turn on the name, I would just send them an email blindly and say, hey, I'm getting ready to take this. What advice would you have? Somebody help me, please. <laughs> and I got all this. All these people were very willing to share. Hey, here's how you plan for it. Here's how you prepare. I recommend this. Stay away from that. People were so willing to share that I said, from from then on, forever, I said, anybody that ever asked me for help with 
getting ready for the certification exams, I will say yes, and I'll help them to the degree that I can forever because people were so willing to help then. So it's one of those cool like pay it forward things. That I, I love being able to help someone out. When you think about it, it's – I was trying to explain to my wife or not. She's like, isn't it just a test? I'm like, it's a test. But think about it. She was a teacher too, John. You said your parents were teachers. Think about it like this is when you get your certification. If you don't get it, it might not cost you your job, but it might mean that you can't get that job that you're looking for. It affects your livelihood. There is a there are there's a lot of research that says it affects your pay rates, things like that. And so I, I said, so I think about the people and their families behind that, and it's not just three or four letters that they're grabbing. It's an opportunity to change the path of their career for the better. And so that's it's a bigger meaning than just, oh, they're taking a test um, for all the naysayers and, and everybody else out there. So I don't know. I, I don't know if you all are that optimistic about the certification stuff, but that's my take on it. That's a great take. And I like I like the optimism that you that you're bringing, Ben. Um, I think we need a little <laughs> bit of that right now. <laughs> As I'm wallowing in a little bit of pessimism i'm i'm happy to br- i'm so happy to be talking to you because it's bringing me up and like all right let's get excited about this uh, all right we've got a couple more good questions <laughs> and i'll continue bringing that bring that joy with me. okay so what is your favorite movie i had a hard time thinking of this one because i love as a kid like this is our favorite thing to do movie lines and stuff that was a, the best thing as a family we had our own language that just consisted of movie lines for movies. And we just say something, everybody burst out laughing, and the people around us would think there's something something wrong with them. There probably was, actually. Looking back now, the, the movie that I watch, every time it's on, if I catch – I mean, if it's the last three minutes or if it's the first three minutes, I can't pull away. The movie Cinderella Man about James Braddock, the boxer. Okay. And right now I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the, the actor, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Um, yeah. When I saw that the first time, I actually was really curious. Like, is this super fictionalized or is this really how it went? It turns out that a lot of the things they put in the movie were true. He, when he, when he broke his hand and he was actually out of work for a while, he went and had to go stand in line and get food stamps or get money, you know, from the government, get welfare. And when he started winning his fights, he went back and paid back every dime that he had taken out because he said someone else needs this more than I do, and I'm paying paying my money back. Oh wow! And so you think about the different mentality then and the honor and everything else, and it's just one of those movies that I, I love, love to see. Ben, how about your favorite musician or band? Well, like every good Southern boy, I grew up on classic rock. Um, my very first <laughs> concert was Boston, but now it's it's funny. I've shifted a little bit. Really love contemporary Christian, or I guess is what they call it. I don't even know what the version of it is. Um, but the band that I've seen like three times in the last two years is for King and Country. Really love their music. My kids love it, and it's something that they can sing to, and I know it's going to be okay for everybody to listen to. Uh, again, with little ones, who knows what they're going to say. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, um but if I'm going to be honest, when I'm in the car, I listen to no music at all. If it's just me, there's nothing on unless it's a podcast. I don't listen to any music when I'm in the car. I'm, I'm super-duper boring that way. How about a favorite TV show? I'm a sci-fi nut. I love me some, some science fiction. And so the two shows that I watch every episode of, The 100, which is a kind of futuristic kind of thing. It's If you're a sci-fi person, it's worth checking out. And then the other one is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a, a blend of oh. sci-fi and some comic stuff. So don't watch a ton of TV, but for the things I do, like as soon as those episodes drop on Netflix, I watch all of them within a couple of days. <laughs> that, that's my one of my husband's favorites, Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So. Awesome. I haven't watched that in a while. My my 15 year old gives me the recap on Shield. <laughs> when I look at the when I look at what we're talked about, I have to tell my Cinderella Man story because it just it still cracks me up. I, I may have told this on Hostile Work Environment. If I did, I apologize. And if you if other people have heard it, sorry. I used to work in a really large HR organization. 
our, our like our staffing team on its own was what 30 people <laughs> we'd have holiday parties and we would do white elephant greedy santa whatever you want to call it but you know you bring a gift and then you get a number and then you trade it around and it could be traded at like three times i think maximum or whatever it was well one year cinderella man dvd is in the was it was one of the gifts and a lot of the ladies were swooning over russell crowe and it got traded a couple times one of the guys that worked for me got it last after it was over i said oh you know hey i haven't seen that movie yet uh look forward to hearing about it whatever and he, he leans in and he says i actually brought this because i wanted it and so <laughs> so i figured i'd bring something i wanted he did that two years in a row and he confided oh in me that he brought the gift, and he's like, well, I figured if it got traded a couple times, and if I, my number's were right, I could get it at the end. The guy gave himself Cinderella Man at the Greedy Santa nice. holiday party. That is I love awesome. that. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, of all the things you could have picked that you would have wanted. Yeah. I, I, like, I give him credit for, he's like, hey, I want to make sure, I, or I, I really would like to have this, and, you know, hey, if I you got to spend, like, what, 20 bucks or whatever it was, eh, I'll take it and take my chances and sure enough he did it but he did it two years running that is also I'll say it's awesome. kind of a low stakes thing right you hope that you get a high number that you can pull it out and steal it yeah. um, it's gonna be stolen enough times that it's you can kill it you know with your last steal so interesting that's funny ben if you're not watching cinderella man or the 100 agents of shield or, or listening to no music in the car i totally <laughs> get that because i'm with you now I, I pretty much podcast only windshield time wise but what else do you like to do outside of work I mentioned the running thing. Um, I've run a lot of – last year I didn't run hardly any races, but this year I've run a couple. It's been fun. I've really got – I love to do the 5Ks and things. I did a midnight run three nights ago. I guess Friday night was a midnight run, which was – it's a lot of fun, uh, especially this time of year. don't have to deal with the sun at least, which is nice. <laughs> Earlier this year I did a 12-hour race, which was really cool because you have 12 hours to go as far as you want to go, as far as you can go. And there's so many neat people out there. I met a guy that had – said hey this you know this is a training race for me i'm doing a three-day up in new york next month i'm like oh gosh you know 12 hours is plenty for me i ended up up doing 40 miles before i pulled the plug and and called it a day um because it got really warm but uh, I, I just love being able to kind of stretch out and push my limits a little bit. I read a lot. I guess that the reason that I started running farther is because I read a book called Ultra Marathon Man years ago about a guy that realized that his life was completely and totally useless when he was 30 years old. And he started running um, as a way to kind of for, for therapy and realized he loved it. I'm like, well, if, you know, he can do this. He's doing some crazy stuff like 200 mile races. I'm like, I'll just. I just want to go out there and see how far I can go. And uh, <laughs> so I've, I've done a couple of longer events like that, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's very much a, the same feeling you get when you're on social or you're hanging out with people at Sherm or wherever else. And you're meeting some of these people that you that you might not know really well, but you care about the same things. You're passionate about the same things. That's what a lot of trail races are like because you're all out there. You're all battling the elements or yourself. You're not battling each other as much unless you're in the, the top four or five people, and I'm not worried about them. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to see them again once the gun goes off anyway. But you're, it's really a different kind of feel. And I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, you know, if you're running a road race and someone trips, everybody's like, hey, don't screw my time up. If you're running on the trail and someone trips, you have six people around you like, hey, you need you need some water. Are you okay? Can I help you up? You know, hey, your, your ankle okay? You need me to tape you up? Like it's people are like swar- swarming over you to help versus uh, the other thing. So it's kind of a fun thing. I love the running stuff, and it's been one of those kind of staples of my life longer than almost anything else that I've done. It's one of those things that really defines, I guess, me. Wow, I got really, like, really <laughs> existential there at the very end. Sorry. Like, and this is who I am on the inside in my core depths. And, oh. That's the whole point of HLR Social Hour. We get high and we go low. Oh, yes. 
I'm hoping I'm the high. I, I was laughing, so I almost drove off the road the other day listening to Dave Ryan give his, give his bio the other day. I almost ran yeah. off the road. That was so funny. Yeah, I love his bio is awesome. So um, all of our connections. Dave Ryan's my wants to be wanted to be my uh, adoptive father years ago. He he asked if he could adopt me because he kind of looked out for me when I was first starting to volunteer with Sherm and was an inexperienced volunteer hanging out at the VLRC. He's like, come on with me. You know, we go to the Illinois State Sherm stuff. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll take care of you. And he told me he would adopt me if I ever needed him to. So. Oh, <laughs> more family connections through the HRS. I, I had to throw that one in there. I couldn't I couldn't miss that one for sure. That's awesome. I love it. Finally, Ben, if you weren't practicing HR, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? It's one of two things. Actually, no. Uh, there's so many things. It's If I'm going to give like a serious, like real job answer, <laughs> it would be something like marketing or economics because I love love those practices and those processes. Um, I love the marketing side of the work that I get to do now. Economics has always been a love of mine. I thought I wanted to be an economist at one time. Um, I don't love math as much as, you, as I probably should. But if I'm going to give a not-so-serious answer or one of those things that's in the back of my mind, like one day Ben could be doing this, I want to start a business called Heroes for Hire that I dress up as a hero. And instead of doing the princess parties, you know, the kid gets to call and have Batman come to their birthday. Like I, I want to do that. I want to be running a company and having people go out and doing that stuff. That would be so much fun, which you did not expect probably. But that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I still talk about it like all the time, like Heroes for Hire, that's what it's going to be called. So anyway, that's a couple things that I could be doing if I wasn't doing what I'm doing right now. I love ben, that. Ben, I love it, but I will tell you, you'll have to come up with another name for Heroes for Hire as a Marvel comic. I know it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, and they know. will come after you because they have money. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to change it to a four with a letter go, like number four or something like that. Yeah. And, and don't dress up as you know. Yeah, you could be. Uh, I can't I don't be know. K- Luke Cage or Iron Fist. I've got to right. make it, stay exactly, with exactly. Or and you can't be Spider Man. You'd have to be I don't know a Arachnid Boy or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> change up the costumes just a little bit. Spider Dude. Yeah, Spider there Dude. You go. There you go. Well, Ben, congratulations! You survived the question connection. You survived the conversation. You survived rooming with me at a, at a major <laughs> conference. Um, I can't thank you enough, and, and this is going to be a supersized episode, and I'm excited because, like Wendy said, I, I just I really appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm and, and what you brought to the show. I, I, think, I think people are going to really enjoy it. If people, though, that are listening that aren't familiar with you, now they're going to have to go, as soon as they get off this and you know, turn this show off, they're going to have to go find you. What's the best way for them to reach you out there? So um, I was actually going to congratulate you guys on surviving this. Congratulations <laughs> to you. If they're going to find me, they can go to – I'm on Twitter, at – Ben Eubanks, um, Upstart HR is the again the blog I've been writing for almost ten years now. Gosh, it's hard to believe. Um, on LinkedIn, I mean, there's lots of places to find me. I'd love to chat with anybody. Um, whatever the topic, it's pretty clear that I, I love the profession. Hope, hopefully, that comes through, and I love the people in it. Just we're blessed to get to do great work, and I'm thankful to know both of you. We're gonna put all that in the show notes, and, yes. and thank you. I likewise for sure. Awesome. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, best way to reach me is um, always on Twitter. I am Wendell93. You can also find me on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And happy to connect on LinkedIn as well. Y'all know the drill. Just let me know how you, uh, why you want to connect. And uh, the fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? You can always find me on Twitter, John, J-O-N underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. 
you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm happy to do it and just send me a personalized note. If you have a comment or question about the show or monthly chat, send us an email, hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search HR Social Hour. I do want to thank all of you that have signed up or liked us in, in the last many weeks. We've picked up quite a few likes there. We can share some content sometimes that we don't share elsewhere. If you aren't liking us and you're on Facebook, go out there and take care of that now but yep. uh, you can find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com you can also find us on itunes the podbean app podchaser hrpodcasters.com google play tune in and spotify and as always if you like what you hear rate and review can't tell you how much it means to us that that you do give us the time to give us the five stars or the thumbs up and put out a nice note it really does help boosts the visibility and helps us to continue to build our community. Ben, thanks for being with us. And for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.